I do think it is highly important to work on your communication skills. It really is the master skill we have as human beings. And it's the foundational skill for anything that happens in business, particularly for founders. Welcome to another episode of Speak Like a CEO. My name is Oliver Aust, best-selling author and founder of EOPSI Communications, and this is a quick solo episode by me on the topic of how to blitzscale your communication skills. Now, you may wonder, is that even important? And secondly, is it even possible to blitzscale communication skills? So let me answer these two questions first. I do think it is highly important to work on your communication skills. It really is the master skill we have as human beings, and it's the foundational skill for anything that happens in business, particularly for founders. That's why I think that communications is really a hard skill. It's really the master skill you have as a founder or as someone pursuing a big goal. That's something that founders realize, usually not at the very beginning, but on the journey they're on while building the company. At some point, they realize that communications is so important and they really would benefit from strong communication skills. And that's usually when they shift from a communications last mindset to communications first mindset. So I think it is highly important, also highly relevant, and also good fun. So, is it possible to blitzscale your communication skills? Um, it is. It doesn't mean it happens overnight, though. Just as blitzscaling a company doesn't mean that it's you know not here today and there tomorrow. It just means doing things very quickly, much quicker than people usually think is possible. But you do need to know where to start, and you do need to learn certain techniques. So, let me break this down for you a little bit, because you probably look at communications as one big skill. But in fact, it's many micro skills that you can put together to form that macro skills that we usually refer to as communications. So the micro skills are storytelling, speaking and presenting with impact, and leading difficult conversations to positive outcomes. Because these three communication skills are actually something we all use or should use in business. So let's start with the first one, telling engaging stories. And that can be your own story. It can be your company's story. Stories work extremely well because our brains are actually story processors. They're not logic processors. And that's why we actually, as humans, respond well to good story. We give our attention. We pay attention. Something we don't necessarily do when we just present it with facts. Now, a good story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, or rather an act one, which is the setup, a second act, which is the conflict, and a third act, which is the resolution. A business story in that respect is not different from a movie or you know, a TV series or a good book. However, when we talk about stories in business, we're not really talking about you know, into the woods kind of stories. We're talking about business stories. So let me give you an example. Two friends named Brian and Joe struggle to pay the rent in San Francisco. So what do they do? They put air mattresses on the floor and start renting them out to earn some extra cash. Now, a lot of people respond well to this idea. They turn their idea into business and call it airbedandbreakfast.com. They launch it at South by Southwest and have really high hopes for this business because the initial responses were quite positive. However, far from being a huge success, they only get two bookings. So the whole idea seems to be doomed. That was Act 1, the setup. Now, Act 2, the conflict, would be the founders are running out of cash. 
the investors ignore them. They rack up $20,000 in credit card debt. Brian Eve loses £20 due to lack of food, so times are really dire. All seems lost, but they have one final card to play. So Act 3, the resolution would be, in a last-ditch effort, Airbnb seeks admission into the Y Combinator. Its founder, Paul Graham, is skeptical of the unproven idea, but he is impressed by the founders who have just raised about $40,000 by selling cereal boxes. And they branded these cereal boxes with Obama and McCain, the presidential candidates in 2008. Now, the idea obviously had nothing to do with cereals. However, Paul Graham was deeply impressed that these entrepreneurs with a back to the wall managed to sell cereals for $40,000 and thereby he threw them a lifeline. And after Y Company, that a famous investor in Silicon Valley decided to invest, other investors followed. And even though they may, be, may have been skeptical in the beginning, Airbnb starts to soar. Now, more investors come on board and today Airbnb is a global brand and its founders are billionaires. So this is a typical business story and Brian Chesky, the founder of Airbnb, does not tire to tell it. So he's told the story many, many times. As you can see, everyone can really tell a story. Even you may think, okay, my career isn't as advanced or our business is only just getting off the ground. Nevertheless, you can come up with really good stories, personal experiences, milestones in your company's history, customers and clients who provide good story angles, or the problem your business solves. Just keep in mind that you don't want to put yourself in the position of the hero in the story. You rather want the customer client uh, to be the hero and you want to be the guide in that story. Maybe I do another episode just on storytelling in a while, but you know this is this is how we can think about storytelling. Once you have that three-part structure uh, internalized, you can come up with stories relatively quickly. So what you want to do is have a have a repertoire of stories about yourself, about the company that you can tell over and over again. Basically, building blocks for speeches, for presentations, for conversations you may have in the future. So let's look at the second micro skill speaking and presenting with impact. Now, many, many presentations and speeches and business are just plain boring. So to actually stand out and be a positive example here is relatively simple. I always start with thinking about my communications objective. What do I want to achieve in this conversation, this talk, in this presentation? Secondly, who is my audience? Because every piece of communications is audience-specific. You can't really be a good communicator without putting the audience first. They're giving us their time, so we want to give something in return, namely a lot of value, at least entertainment, but usually business, we talk about value, about uh, insights into something they can use in their own business or life. And thirdly, you want to think about what do I want my audience to know, to feel, and to do. And this is really what differentiates a good talk or presentation from a bad one. Often in business, it's all about what you want them to know. So that's the easy part almost because you know what you want them to know because that's what the meeting is about, What that's what the presentation is about. But have you thought about how you want your audience to feel? And then what do you want your audience to do? What's the call to action? Any piece of communications should lead to a next step. It should never just end. So in the end, 
of your talk, of your presentation, you want a call to action. That could just be, okay, let's work together on this project. Please invest in my company. Whatever it may be, you want a call to action in the end. So think about what do you want the audience to know, to feel, and to do. Now come back to the speaking with impact point in a moment, but let me just highlight the third micro skill that I think is very important and often neglected as a skill as people just tend to go in these conversations. But if you know how to lead difficult conversations to positive outcomes in business and also in private life, that's actually a really valuable skill. Conversations are a big part of a relationship. Some even say that conversations are the relationship. So they're definitely very important and they're very important for the success of a business, especially these difficult conversations that you turn things around, maybe avert a crisis, maybe, um, you know, agree on something important with your co-founder, maybe you convince someone not to leave the company. Usually the stakes are quite high in these sorts of conversations. So what do you need to keep in mind here? Um, I always believe that you should have real conversations. And it's interesting because many people fear real conversations, but it's actually the unreal conversations that should scare us to death. So real conversations are good, but they need to be civilized, of course. They should also confront the real issues because we can have real conversations about secondary issues. What are the underlying questions and issues, the obstacles in our path? We should really talk about those. We should also be present in a conversation. The most important conversation in the world is the one you're having right now. And I think we're all a bit guilty of that. We get distracted. We think about the next meeting. Our phone alerts us about something. So being present is just very important. Listen. Listen actively even, which means leaning in, really showing that you listen to the other person. I think we all, and I definitely include myself in this group, like to listen to our own voice maybe a little too much and get high on our own supply. But really, especially as a leader, you should listen most of the time rather than talking most of the time. And also, we should take responsibility for our emotions. It's, it's very easy in these high-stakes situations and conversations to let emotions get the better of us. What we should do is control our emotions and focus on the issues of the task at hand. I don't mean to be cold or unemotional. While it's important to show emotions, be vulnerable and uh, communicate also in emotional ways when appropriate. Um, what I mean is don't let your emotions run the conversation because that usually doesn't lead to positive, constructive, win-win outcome. So, there are many more micro-skills that form communications as a macro-skill, but these are three that would really, if you master them, help you to blitz-scale your communications skills. Now, you probably wonder, okay, is there, how do I put this into practice? So let me give you an example. We all get asked to hold a talk, present in a meeting, uh, explain something to our colleagues. So on all of these occasions, it does make sense to be able to quickly prepare and still make a big positive impact. And I'll show you a quick technique, walk you through a quick technique. We can, in 10 minutes, pretty much prepare anything. Actually, I didn't invent this. It, it exists, but I quite like it because it's very easy to remember and to apply. It's called the crystal technique because when you draw it uh, on a piece of paper, whiteboard to structure your talk, it actually looks like a crystal. Um, it starts with a key message. The key message is basically a headline. So you write this down because you need to know what the one thing, what's the one thing you want to get across in this talk. 
then you need a good attention hook because in the first few seconds you really want to grab people's attention and that should be deliberate. It can be a provocative question. It can be um, basically a bold statement, something that grabs people's attention and they think, mm, I'd rather listen to this. This could be interesting or important. Then you give them your big hypothesis, your big argument at the beginning. So you tell them what you will tell them essentially. So call it the big argument if you like. Then you want to back this up with let's say three points, three sub points, not more than that because that gets messy. It can be one or two, it can be three. Three is always a good number in communications and it's quite easy to remember your main argument and three backup arguments. So it's something you don't have to use any materials or visuals for. In fact, they often get in the way, I think. Then you reach a conclusion, right? So you bring it back to your initial argument and conclude and give people a call to action so they know what happens next. Now, with your backup arguments, it's important that you don't just tell people it's one, two, and three, but you want to bring some life and some color. So it could be that point one is highlighted by a story. It could be that point two is underlined by killer fact, something where you just need to give people one number and they see the, the point here. Um, maybe the third point is underlined by, by a quick example or case study. So if you, if you now imagine this and uh, as, as, a, as a structure you have on one piece of paper, it starts with uh, the pointy top, which is uh, your, your hook and your key argument. Then it widens into the three points you are making to support your key message. And then it narrows again at the bottom of the page and becomes uh, basically uh, the bottom half of the crystal. And that's your conclusion. So quite easy to apply. I can give you a quick example. Actually, this podcast episode is exactly that. It's It follows the crystal structure and it's something I prepared relatively quickly based on the building blocks I already have uh, written down and in my head, of course. So the hook I used at the beginning is how to blitzscale your communication skills. Hopefully that got your attention and um, it allowed me to make some, some bigger arguments here. In particular, my key message is that it is important to work in your communication skills and that everyone can do. That's that's my key message. Now, I've made this point many, many times. It's, it's one of these things I strongly believe in and I want to help people achieve that. So that's my main key message. And this is supported by the three points uh, I made, the three micro skills. Um, one was storytelling, and I told a story to make it, to, to visualize this point. Um, the second point was presenting with impact, which is what we're talking about now. And the third point was leading difficult conversations to positive outcomes, and I gave some examples for how this can be achieved. Um, and then I reached the conclusion, which is, if you apply these micro skills and learn these techniques, it is relatively easy to get into the top 10% of communicators in business. Getting into the top 1% or 0.1% is, is way harder because there's much more competition and people have spent probably tens of thousands of hours working on their communication skills in some cases, or at least thousands in the case of many founders over the years. But many people pay zero attention to communications in business. In fact, the vast majority is that way. So if you pay attention and spend a little bit of time developing these skills and internalizing the techniques, you'll be in the top 10% relatively quickly. And that really puts you on top of the pack in many ways. And it will help you persuade people to work with you on projects, win co-founders, win investors, win customers. 
Um, it will tell you and teach you a lot about human psychology that is so important in business. So there are lots of advantages, and that's why you know we refer to communication as really the foundation of any business, and communication skills as the master skill for founders and many other professions. So I hope you found this useful. I'll probably do a couple more of these episodes and talk about some more communication skills. Um, there's another dimension here, which is obviously the organization you work in or for. So let's say you're a founder. It makes sense to focus first on your own personal communication skills because then you can apply what you've learned to your organization and blitz scale the communication skills of your organization as well. You obviously need the right people, you need the right um, strategies here as well, but there is a way to do that as well. I'll probably come back to that in a future episode. Now, thank you for your attention to this short episode. I hope this was useful. Please um, give me feedback. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, the next few weeks, we have some wonderful founders and CEOs lined up again. So I'm really excited about that. Well, thank you for listening. We're back next week with a wonderful founder. Her name's Frida Katunde Olsen. She's the founder of Leap. And she's an amazing person and a social hero. So I hope you give her your attention as well. Thank you and see you next week.